at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Casillo, and with me today is special guest Aaron Goldfarb. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. Uh, as everyone knows, Aaron used to be uh, a contributor on the site. He still pops in here and there, uh, especially around this time of year when, for the last few years, uh, he and I have uh, compiled the Drinking the NCAA Tournament Bracket where we uh, pick the most hyper-local beer in each uh, college town and play out the bracket accordingly. Um, uh, Aaron will remark, as always, that most of these towns are really bad at beer, and, uh, and we usually rely on the larger cities to, to kind of buoy us through this one. Yeah, well, a lot of people do this same thing. You'll see on the Internet, and they, they don't they'll pick an awesome brewery that's like five hours away from the college and that's just stupid so we keep some integrity yeah i mean if we were going to do that then you could pick literally anything in like san francisco in la even if it doesn't get distribution there yeah yeah guys will have like ucla and their their pick will be russian river which is what 500 miles away yeah exactly so we have some integrity and that's why we have so many awful breweries (laughs) Because, quite frankly, there's so many awful teams in the NCAA tournament, so. Tons. Um, but not our awful team. No, n- not our awful team. Our awful team gets to be in some some random blogs uh, drinking the NIT bracket. Yeah, we should have done that. That would that, that would have been miserable, actually. That would have been sad. Okay, should we get on with the show? Sure. Um, Aaron, before we get started, anything you want to plug um, on your end? <laughs> anything I want to plug? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter, Aaron Goldfarb, and... I don't write anything funny. I just uh, send links to my articles, which come up almost daily. Not articles for Noons, articles for Esquire and The Daily Beast and Punch and First We Feast and Highlights Magazine if they'll pay me money to write for them. <laughs> I would pay it to, to read you in Highlights. Does Highlights still exist? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe. Okay. Now I'm going to look into that. Um, all right. So before we get started, I wanted to just... Um, Give everybody kind of a rundown of the the one seeds in each bracket, just so everyone knows kind of what we're dealing with, and then we can kind of just start playing through the bracket. Um, over in the East, uh, subbing in for Villanova, uh, Tired Hands, uh, Mango Double Milkshake IPA. Um, I know over in the Midwest, subbing in for Kansas, we have Free State Old Bacchus Barley Wine. Um, this seems like it's really the only worthwhile beer in the entire uh, Lawrence area since we've used it each of the last three years. Um, over in the south, the one seed for North Carolina is the Carolina Black IPA. Um, despite the fact that the Triangle area actually has a lot of good beer, um, Chapel Hill does not. And Carolina Brewery is good, but not as good as a lot of other options in the area. Um, and then over in the west, um, subbing in for Gonzaga, we have Iron Goat Impaler. Um, noteworthy local beer, but not necessarily one that's, uh, that's going to blow anybody away. So, uh, yeah, one for four, really, on the, uh, on the top seeds. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, going down the list, um, I know in the first matchup we've got Tired Hands um, in our bracket that everyone's going to see on the post, have them beating uh, Grail Point, Priority Saison, um, and then getting into a very intriguing matchup uh, with uh, Funk Factory and their Cucumber Pear Lambic. And Funk Factory actually went pretty far in last year's bracket. Um, they're subbing in for Wisconsin. Uh, it's nice to see them uh, make another return trip and actually go pretty far um, in, in this year's bracket, Aaron. Yeah, Funk Factory is one of those breweries that all the geeks know about, even if most of them haven't even tried anything from them. It's a very small, small brewery. that uh, It's a sour brewery, a lambic brewery out of the Madison area. Um, and red hot right now, and you're probably never going to try it, but it's fantastic. Although you might, when Syracuse decides to go get bludgeoned to death by, uh, by Wisconsin in football in 2020. Yeah, let's go try it. That's what I plan to do. Um, looking down the rest of this list, Aaron, anything else in this region really speak to you? Um, I know I personally am a big fan of Community Mosaic IPA from Dallas, uh, subbing in for SMU. Um, Full Steam Summer Basil comes in for Duke. Um, and that's an interesting one. Uh, and then I know that you had mentioned that, uh, that you heard some really good things coming out of Swamphead as well, uh, subbing in for the Florida Gators. Yeah, Swamphead's getting a lot of buzz. They're kind of ascending to the level of Cigar City, Cycle, Jay Wakefield buzz in Florida. Um, and I also will give a shout-out to Yeehaw. My friend uh, Michael Greger, a publicist, uh, he has them as a client, and... He'd love if I gave him a shout out. Pretty good stuff. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I had their Dunkel as the uh, as the best beer from them. Have you heard um, opinions to the contrary? I've actually tried Yeehaw's beers. I think I've tried every single one of them. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I cannot recall which one I liked. I thought they were all pretty competent, uh, none world class, and it's a fun name. Would have to agree. Um, another noteworthy. Uh, just occurrence in this bracket um we get our yearly reminder that there's only one brewery in uh, waco they only make like one or two beers and they're awful so <laughs> bare arms that was your shout out um sorry it's just waco is a terrible place baylor is a terrible place so you unfortunately get you get to be guilty by association it's a pretty good name for a brewery though it is um aaron i know you don't like fruit Fruit beers that shouldn't be fruit beers. Um, so, so how do you feel about, and this isn't a fruit, but Full Steam Summer Basil, which is like a weird entry in here, but there's a couple weird entries in this bracket. I haven't tried that beer, actually. I like the concept of a, a basil beer. I like herbal beers. Uh, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah, I uh, actually tried it for the first time um, back in December. Uh, I was down by my parents in North Carolina, walked into a random shop, and it happened to be kind of a leftover from the uh, like late summer, early fall when it comes out. Really, really well executed. It doesn't, uh, it, like the basil, the basil's a compliment. It doesn't necessarily take over um, in a way where you feel like you're just, you know, sipping like basil juice. Um, it's, uh, it, it works, surprisingly. I, uh, I was definitely very happy with it. My wife actually liked it too, so, uh, so win-win, I guess. Do, pe- do people sip basil juice? I, I would hope not. Okay, good. Well, you had them you had them going far, actually. You have them in the Sweet 16. I do. 
because you know what i lakefront ipa could have gone but then i started looking and seeing a lot of ipas which is weird because i feel like the last two years we've actually avoided that Mm -hmm. and then this year i felt like ipas were kind of taking over the bracket again just because usually when a city that doesn't make beer well tries to make beer the first thing they do is go oh i heard these ipas are popular right so my pick at least from what i could see uh, at the end of this bracket was um funk factory over community um like we said aaron i think you're on board there yeah, I mean, it was an unfair second-round matchup. Tired Hands against Funk Factory, those are probably two of the six best breweries in in the whole entire bracket. But, you know, it's kind of like the, the Wichita State-Kentucky 1-8 matchup from a few years back. Sometimes there's just a bad draw for a, a good team, and that's what Tired Hands got this year. And so Funk Factory makes it to the Final Four for us. Way to go. Speaking of Kentucky and Wichita... That matchup actually happens again in the real bracket, and I am definitely going with Wichita, despite my better judgment. I've paid so little attention to the real bracket this year, so... <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what yeah. region's next? Uh, we're going down to the west. Okay. So that is uh, Gonzaga's region, uh, a.k.a. the Iron Goat region. Um, there's a couple things in here I know uh, familiar to those who have been tuning in for a couple of years. Punching Bag, uh, Yazoo Sioux uh, for Nashville, the worst large city beer scene in America. The, is that really the worst? Um, as far as large cities go? A better question, is that really a large city? <laughs> That's true. Aaron and I actually both hate Nashville. So. Um, oh, geez. I'm going to get in trouble if anyone listens to this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it might be the worst large city beer scene. There's got to be a worse one. I'm just, I'm just kind of racking my brain. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, all right, so looking down this bracket, um, not a whole lot of great ones. There's actually a lot of return trippers here. Um, you know, you've got Franklin's for, uh, for Maryland. Uh, they don't have a, a brewery in College Park, so that's the closest one. I think it's over in Fredericksburg. Um, Crooked U for the last couple of years has been the best brewery in uh, South Bend. I think it's the only brewery maybe in South Bend, Indiana, uh, which is highly unfortunate. Um, I've been hearing some decent things about Proof uh, down in Tallahassee, but I do think that uh, Fort Myers, uh, Ouya Sifter Double IPA might also stand a chance here. We went with Proof, but I could have been swayed otherwise. Um, the favorite in here, and it's the one that ends up in the final four, um, is The Vale, uh, one of the hottest breweries in the country from down in Richmond, representing uh, VCU. Uh, overall, we always end up with at least one of these types of regions um, in, in this, and I think this year it, it is the West, which only managed to put in about two, maybe three good breweries. Yeah, this is a classic like Duke region where they're a one seed, and then all four of their matchups are against, you know, and it's just a cakewalk to the Final Four. And particularly, I like the Vale. I think they're slightly overrated. I think they do make the sexy New England style IPAs, and they and but they're not much differentiating between all of them. I'm not sure I've ever had a truly interesting beer from them. Admittedly, I haven't had all of their stuff. They do have an absolutely gorgeous brew pub in Richmond, one of the most gorgeous brew pubs I've ever been to, quite frankly. Uh, 
but but still, even having said that, this is an absolute cakewalk. They'd they'd win all these games by ten points at least. There's not even a debate who would who would be the runner here. I really don't think there is. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it's a it's a depressing region, and and again, it's it's kind of it's it's kind of this entire exercise in a nutshell. Is is a lot of towns <laughs> that just don't really understand how to do beer. Oh, I thought you were saying the whole exercise is depressing, but you might be right. I might be right about both. Who knows? Okay. Yeah, all right. Um, so, yeah, no debate there. So we move up to the Midwest. Um, again, that is uh, Free State, and their old back is Barley Wine. Um, they're another repeat offender um, here. And I think they've lost in the first round every single time to a 16 seed. <laughs> Or something close. Uh, Sudwork actually was a very recent entry here, uh, representing UC Davis. The the Funke Hop Farm is that an Arrested Development beer? It is. It is really. I mean, not like an official one. I think they just went with it. Well, yeah, of course. Okay, that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, there's been so many like TV show beers lately that like are actual ones. I mean, you have all like the uh, Oma Gang ones. There's a few others like have like paid references to shows. Yeah. This one was definitely just like a casual. Let's capitalize on something in a college town. All right. I didn't know college kids were into the rest of Atma, but okay. I don't know when the beers first started, admittedly. I know, because I used to hang out at UC Davis a decent amount. When I was in San Francisco, I had a couple friends that went to grad school uh, up in Davis. Really cool college town, a lot of fun bars. Um, Sudwork is like the, the lone uh, brewery around, but they're, uh, they're pretty ubiquitous in the area. Yeah, you th- you'd think it'd be smarter to make like a a chocolate banana beer, but what do I know? I don't I don't own a brewery in a college town. It, it sounds like you should go into beer marketing, Aaron. You know, I think I should. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I uh, I saw Miami and Michigan State here. Um, we always laugh that Titanic um, has to represent Miami because uh, Miami's actually in Coral Gables versus the Miami beer scene, which is growing quite a bit. Um, and I've never had um, Ellison's you can get with that juice, but because I hate trendy bullshit um, and, and the, the incessant need to, uh, to make quote-unquote juicy IPAs and, and, and all that, I know it's getting bad out here. I, I automatically went against Ellison despite any review you could hand me. Yeah, that's pathetic. They should have just given that. They should have just hashtagged that name. Sad. <laughs> all caps. Sad. Um, <laughs> all caps. I've never seen an ellipses in a, a beer name though, so that's that's something. It's creativity. Um, other beers here. Um, I know you were a big fan of Foam. If you want to expand upon them a little bit, because we do have them going quite a few rounds. Yeah, I visited Foam a, a couple weeks ago in in Burlington, Vermont. Now, Vermont's obviously one of the best beer states in the nation. I'd probably say the best. But Burlington, Vermont's biggest city, for the longest time, had not had a world-class brewery. Foam is perhaps not world-class, but pretty close to it. They have a great tasting room. They're making great IPAs. Who isn't? They also had quite a few great barrel-aged sours. Uh, They're going to be one to watch over the next few years. And they definitely deserve to advance quite a bit in this region, which is a pretty good region, actually, going down. Yeah, all things considered, like it doesn't start strong at the top. But uh, but the bottom half is actually pretty solid. Um, another one that, that you were a very big fan of, um, Proclamation, and their uh, derivative Citra, uh, which ends up being our Final Four competitor. 
Yeah, I, I did a crazy story for Esquire where I literally visited every single brewery in Rhode Island in one day. There's only 16, and Rhode Island's the smallest state. And Proclamation's probably the best brewery in Rhode Island. Surprisingly, Rhode Island actually has, I don't know, three or four really good breweries, but Proclamation's one that even if it was in New York or Massachusetts or California, would still be one you'd sit up and notice. And yes, they're making juicy IPAs, who isn't, but they're top-notch at the upper echelon. I, I think they're actually better than the Vale, but they're not getting as much acclaim at the moment. Hmm. That's good to know. Is that why you had them over Bo and Luke, which is one of my personal favorites? Well, I'd also like to give a shout-out to Captain Lawrence, uh, upstate New York. Uh, well, not even upstate. Hudson Valley, whatever we want to call it, Westchester County. Uh, they've kind of fallen off of people's maps, but they're still killing it with their barrel-aged sours. Uh, Rossway Marone's a beer I've been drinking for nearly half a decade, and you know I don't seek it out anymore, but I accidentally have it once a year, and it, it's still awesome. <laughs> we didn't put it over Proclamation, but it's a great beer. Uh, but yes, we have Proclamation against long-time competitor against the grain, Bo and Luke, in the Sweet 16. Um, and I'm just sick of Bo and Luke, so let's put proclamation over that one. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, for those who might have remembered last year's bracket, uh, Captain Lawrence actually ended up in like the, the terrible region. So Captain Lawrence kind of blew through a very bad region um, and ended up with a different beer. We had a Cuvée de Castleton um, get themselves to the Final Four last year, so... Yeah, a bit of an upset here, despite the seating in uh, in round one. Yeah, no back to back final fours. Uh, yeah, so we have uh, proclamation of final four. Which yeah, that's the I think last year had no IPAs. This year has two. Two. Which well, we're, we're we're I think we're we're getting back toward maybe a more normal medium. I think last year was an anomaly just because of how it all kind of worked out. Right. Moving down the list a little bit now to the South region. Um, like we said, Carolina Brewer is not bad, but um, not really worthy of a one seed. Um, or on the other hand, uh, Texas Southern's representative, uh, Carbox BBA Hellfighter, um, which I've had, it's very good. Um, put that through. I think that there are some other really good ones in this region, actually. Um, Aaron, I know you're a big fan of Minneapolis Town Hall. Yeah, they were, you know, one of the first brew pubs that kind of really got Beer Geek's attention in the mid-2000s, late-2000s. I actually visited them in about, geez, 2008, 2009, and they've never really tried to expand. Masala Mama was one of those beers you told a buddy to mail you a growler of, and for whatever reason, they never bottled it, they never canned it, and it's still good. No one really talks about it anymore, and... You know, it's nice to see Mr. Richard Patino allow Masala Mama to finally get its chance in the big dance. Yeah, and they actually go a few rounds here. Um, it's a bummer, too, the matchup they got in round one, because uh, Mayday Evil Octopus might be the best beer made in Tennessee, <laughs> <laughs> or at least somewhere close. That's uh, represented Middle Tennessee, which is located in Murfreesboro. Um, it just so happens that the... Uh, the state's maybe best basketball team and maybe best brewery are in the, uh, the same town. It's nice. Yeah. Some other ones in here. Um, Sun King. I know we've gone with Grapefruit uh, Jungle in the past. 
we switched it up to afternoon delight. Um, they represent Butler and have for the last couple of years. Um, Indianapolis has a lot of pretty solid breweries, but uh, Sun King probably has like the most consistent stuff. Um, unless you feel differently, Aaron. No, Sun King's a nice little brewery. Nothing mind blowing, but I'm good with that. Yeah, it's not too far from uh, Lucas Oil Stadium for those who happen to be in the area for anything, whether that's an upcoming Final Four um, or a Pacers game, which is nearby, or literally anything else. Um, other things in this bracket. Oh, um, one thing that I definitely wanted to mention at the bottom half and ends up being my Final Four pick at least. Um, Highland Park. Um, they are up in the Highland Park neighborhood of Los Angeles and have them going to the Final Four again um, with Lazier Susan. It's a uh, sour wheat ale. Um, I talked about Highland Park before. Um, I have them here representing UCLA. Um, USC got assigned another LA beer. So uh, if USC ends up beating Providence tonight, then uh, we'll insert that one too, but that one will end up losing in their own bracket. Um, They've said, I'm a big fan of, of Highland Park and what they do. They're kind of on a little bit of the juicy IPA train, but they still produce their uh, their standard West Coast IPAs, which uh, was much appreciated on my end. Um, Hello LA um, is probably one of the best non-Beachwood IPAs um, in the Los Angeles area. Um, obviously, Beachwood is in Los Angeles County, but not in Los Angeles. They're in Long Beach. Um, just a, a quick note to that uh, differentiation. But yeah, Highland Park probably doing it more consistently than anybody in L.A. proper. Um, and though we didn't go with an IPA here, their IPAs are ones to seek out um, if you ever end up in this, uh, this general region. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Told you, Aaron, you gotta, you got to find an assignment out here. There's, a, there's tons of stuff now to, to, to cover in L.A. You can, you, you can wait in lines like a peasant. <laughs> uh, a, a juicy IPA releases at, at Monkish and Noble and, and Highland Park now. Yeah, absolutely. So we get to our final four. Um, we haven't picked this yet, so we're actually picking it live here. Um, Funk Factory and the Vale is a uh, is an interesting matchup. I'm tempted to go with the Vale, but you can definitely sway me on Funk Factory. Um, it's definitely the nonconformist pick uh, to, to go with that one. You know, I think the veil is nice. I think it's the sexy pick. I think it's the one the beer geeks would go, "Oh, you didn't pick the veil." But you know, I think it's, I think it's like a team that's just coasting on reputation, and I think Funk Factory would take them down with a killer cucumber paralambic. All right, I'll pencil it in. And then on the other side, uh, proclamation one of Aaron's favorites, versus Highland Park. Um, I haven't had Proclamation. You haven't and I haven't had, had Highland yeah, Park. Yes. And you haven't had this particular beer from Highland Park. Um, right. So, Aaron, I guess give me your 30-second elevator pitch on why Proclamation should be the representative here. Well, I would say to you, do you think Highland Park, Lazier Susan, is better than, let's say... A 96th percentile New England style IPA. Mm, if, probably if, not. Probably not? Probably not. Then Proclamation. Fair enough. 
So now we end up with a lambic against an IPA. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give the championship to a pair lambic just because I feel like so few people really understand lambics. <laughs> And they're never going to try it, whereas the proclamation, they could reasonably try. We might actually have a reader from Rhode Island. There's a couple. Or listener. There's a couple. I mean, I know uh, Kevin Wall on the site is a, uh, is a native Rhode Islander. Yeah. Well, you know, Visit Rhode Island, the Tourism Bureau of Rhode Island's a little upset at me. Oh, God, uh, why? <laughs> Uh, you don't want to know, but um, <laughs> so I don't want to do him any favors, but I think we do have to go with proclamation. Fair enough. I think it's a nice winner. I didn't see this coming. Yeah, I didn't either. Because admittedly, admittedly, I, I I had pictured when I first like kind of did the the draft. I saw Bo and Luke kind of running through this thing, but I, I'm actually glad we changed up a little bit. You know, it's a great beer. Um, it was actually a New England IPA that, you know, I didn't expect much from. They they sent me a four-pack of cans, and they were good-looking cans. But, you know, I kind of cracked one, not that excited. I hadn't even looked up at Sun Beer Advocate. And I drank, and I was like, wow, this is else. And, you know, it wasn't something else like I'd never had England IPA before. It was, you know, it was even elevated quite a bit above that. It was... One of the better ones I've had this year, so I think it's a perfectly good pick. I like it. This is uh this might be the least trendy uh like championship game we've had. And last I year- feel like yeah, I feel like we just gave U- UConn another title somehow. <laughs> just maybe. And last year was a uh, rare barrel versus prairie. Um, you got one. Yeah, those are two big names. Yeah. yeah, those are two big names. And then the year before that. Um, we had, I believe it was Tired Hands and Jester King. Wow. Two other big names. So this time we went, we went a little off um, off the rails, but in a good way, because I feel like Proclamation might be a rising name and one that we get out ahead of. Well, Funk Factory is never going to be on your radar, not because they're not good enough, but just because of availability. I feel like Proclamation might retweet this podcast. That's how happy they'll be. I'm going to tag them in it. So. You should. They, they might actually print out the article and frame it and hang it in the uh, app room. That's even better than sweet, sweet page views. <laughs> yeah, we might get a key to the city. <laughs> All right, so uh, final minutes. Um, Aaron, uh, did you have anything else to say about the city of Nashville before we go? No, I don't hate the city of Nashville. I, just I don't think... hate it either. I just, I just think it's overrated. It is an overrated city. It, you know, it's a city you have to go to and kind of treat like you're 25 years old and get wasted and sing loudly to music and maybe dance if you don't even dance and just stay out late and have a good time. It's not a city, I think, where you should be bouncing around to breweries looking for the best cocktails in town. Um they say it's a, a food mecca. I'm not quite sure it is. I did have good food there, but I didn't have exceptional food. I better stop before one Nashville reader gets mad. It, it's a fine city, and I had a good time there. Fair enough. I had some fried chicken. I, I felt like that was that was good. 
I went to one restaurant that like I was okay, I was cool with. So yeah, I uh, you know what though, and I, I told you this when I, we were hanging out last week. I uh, I like had just left Chicago a couple days before. I don't know for you it's the same way. Like you're flying into Nashville from New York. Like you probably just went out to like a good dinner, like a, maybe even a world class dinner, like just nights before. And then you get to Nashville and like. If you don't adjust your expectations, you're going to be disappointed. But if you go in saying, I'm going to, you know, find some terrible southern food and some fried chicken, like, yeah, you're probably pretty happy. Yeah, you know, Nashville made me more appreciative for these quote-unquote boring IPAs on the East Coast. Like, (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm shitting on Crucial Taunt, but when you go to Nashville, and I must have tried 10 different IPAs in town, and they were undrinkably bad you know you'd be thankful for a crucial taunt and certainly for a proclamation derivative yeah i uh when i was there i remember like saying oh yeah what's uh what's the nashville beers and then like i started drinking them and then i switched over to the chicago beers that were brought down yeah i quickly switched over to miller high life (laughs) fair enough um so that's the bracket uh we'll have an article up with this um, tomorrow slash today for a lot of listeners. Um, and Aaron, anything else before we go? Appreciate the time today. No. Was this live? Uh, Why do you keep saying to all the listeners? Well, because they're going to be listening eventually. They're going to be listening. I-, I figured they'd like read the bracket while listening. Like it'd be a simultaneous like director's uh, commentary of the bracket. That's, that's not a bad idea. That's actually a good way to bill it. Okay. Cool, cool. Uh, so I'm John. That was Aaron. You can follow him at Aaron Goldfarb on Twitter and find his reading about various types of alcohol and occasionally some food um, over on different corners of the web. And uh, go orange somehow in the NIT. Yeah, I watched it today. I'll watch it Saturday too. <laughs> go orange. <laughs> At Jared, we know devotion isn't a a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.